Podcasts are an independent way for podcasters like me to bring a local voice to your ears. At the Spent the Rent Podcast, we strive to raise awareness of topics that affect the often underrepresented. Our title sponsor, Oregon Cashflow Pro, offers free money management advice that can help you take control of your finances. At OregonCashflowPro.com, you will find videos to guide you towards your goal of financial freedom. For more info, there will be a link in the show notes. The following podcast is available on all major streaming sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. You can now listen to all previous episodes, donate to the podcast, and buy shirts directly from the Spent the Rent podcast at our newly designed official website, strpod.com. Welcome to the Spent the Rent Podcast. I am your host, Patty Rose. My guest today is a dear friend of the podcast, Roger McConnell. Roger, welcome to the show. Ah, thank you, Patrick. It's great to be here today. Yeah, this is awesome. So we have done a lot of music together in the past. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, today is actually my the 11th annual celebration of my 30th birthday. Yes. Uh, so that is pretty exciting. So if you'd uh, like to make a happy Patty, one way that you can do that is you can go to my website, strpod.com, and become a monthly sponsor, or you can donate a one-time donation, or you can go to Venmo, at Spent the Rent, and make a quick uh, happy birthday donation to the podcast. I would I would greatly appreciate that. Uh, Roger McConnell, longtime Oregon musician in the Eugene area. Uh, we've been friends for, gosh, a, a long time, 20 years probably now, and close to, and... Uh, I wanted to have you on. I've wanted to have you on a lot in the past, but we had to had to make this happen because unfortunately you and your family have received some life altering news. And so we wanted to kind of uh, raise awareness about what's happening for your family. So just kind of let's just jump right into that. And then we'll talk about your music career and what got us uh, to this point. So let's let's hear what's going on with your family first. For sure. For sure. Uh, we have been devastated with uh, some pretty heavy news. Uh, my daughter has recently been diagnosed with leukemia. Um, <clears throat> caught us by surprise uh, other than several months probably six months prior to uh she was complaining of you know some pain in the joints uh mainly her wrists and her knees uh and at the time we had her in dance uh dance classes and so we just associated with possibly you know some kind of prolonged inflammation or something having to do with her dancing and didn't want to even ever uh consider anything real serious Right. Um, but uh, she just kept complaining of the, the pain until we finally brought her in and uh, demanded a blood test to get to the bottom of it. And uh, we found out she had leukemia. And so instantly, uh, and almost like a, a, a second, less than a second, our life, you know, pretty much just completely changed. Down. Yeah. Yes. She's 10 years old. Yeah. So you know, this <clears> is <throat> a young kid. So this is uh, life changing. So you got life lighted. Uh, Life lighted up to Portland. Talk about that. Yeah. So basically, uh, as soon as we got the word, they informed us in the same sentence that we have uh, airlift already lined up for her to take her up to Doran Becker's up in Portland. And uh, it was a basically uh, attempt to save her life at that moment. And um, 
so far it's uh it's been uh, an emotional roller coaster ride um it just changes from every day one minute to the next where you think she's doing great and then the, the next moment we're rushing her back to the emergency room um and that's happened several times so it's <clears throat> you know learning about this disease what it does and how to go about treating it and then um trying to navigate through all the emotions is is you know right it's a daily process i'm sure it is you know i'm trying to just find an even keel that just kind of goes right along with the whole experience instead of getting too excited or too depressed if i uh, just try to keep it even as steven and uh yeah i wanted to bring that up first because there's a gofundme it's gofundme.com slash irie dash mcconnell it's i-r-i-e dash m-c-c-o-n-n-e-l-l the link will be in the show notes to that. Uh, again, it's gofundme.com slash Irie-McConnell. Uh, and I'll put that up on the screen as well. So donate to Irie McConnell at the gofundme.com slash Irie McConnell. And mm. there's more information up there and I'm sure that there'll be updates and whatnot. And yeah, I'd like to, uh, also direct the attention to Facebook on Facebook. She has a team Irie webpage that, uh, you can donate off of there as well, but also we keep uh, updated information on how she's doing. And so people that are curious about what's going on can go to team Irie on Facebook to find out uh, awesome. what the latest is. Yeah. So it's pretty heartbreaking. So uh, you had recently had a benefit concert. Uh, we were going to do this before and I would kind of help promote it, but the timing just didn't work. So tell us about that. That was at, as it twisted river saloon. <laughs> It was. It was held at Twisted River uh, last Sunday, the 26th of February, and it was an amazing event. We had uh, four bands all come together and donate their time, um, and we had a lot of people in the community come support it. We had a lot of sponsorship to uh, give us a bunch of gifts for the raffle. So overall, it was uh, an extreme success, and along with just the awareness and the love uh, that came through that event was just immense yeah. I mean, I know as a, as a musician that cares deeply about community, uh, I can't even begin to imagine how many benefit concerts you've put on for other people. And I'm sure that down the road or along the road, you've probably had a couple for yourself, you know, because it's, it's a struggle as a musician. Maybe not. That was the first one was ever first for myself. One? Yeah. Usually, you know, when uh, Katrina hit and any catastrophes that happened, the first thing we do as a musical community is put together fundraiser for these uh, tragic events to try to help relieve some of the financial uh, burdens and also just uh, emotional support. Right. Now let's, let's go into the backstory because uh, I'm, I've been hitting at it, you know, you're a Eugene, uh, musician, but let's talk about what that actually means. Uh, you've been making music for 30 plus 40 years, something like that. 50, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I decided when I was 12 years old, I was going to make a career out of uh, playing music and, and, uh, dedicated and devoted my every day to picking up the guitar yeah. at least once a day to, uh, to, uh, make that happen. And, and I did it. Yeah, you know, yeah, I yeah. made that commitment, and that's that's where I've been ever since I was twelve. Twelve I, years old, so that. yeah. And you grew up in a super musical family. Yes, uh, I know that your brother Maurice is is a, is a big part of that. That talk about that and and what that was like growing up in a in a super uh, musical family. Yeah, well, to start out, uh, both of my parents, uh, father and mother, are established very um, established musicians in their own rights. My 
father went to the Juilliard School of Music. Oh, wow. Um, he was more or less thrown into, by his parents, uh, a life of music, which it was interesting because being told and, and expected to do it, he he rebelled against it as, as time went on. And uh, by the time he was 15, he had ran away from all that. Wow. And um, so uh, then my mother, they... Um, my mother and father met in a bar. Uh, my dad was uh, uh, caught a performance of my mother at the piano, and that was it. And uh, so my mother, as well, is a very established musician. Um, and so it's 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 in our our blood, uh, the yeah. kids. And I got a younger brother and an older brother, and we both had, are both are, all three are you know established musicians as well yes. a lot of a lot of family band stuff a lot of yeah. you know the way that we met was a guitar yoki at the black forest or no el dorado el dorado and west 11th and so explain to me what guitar yoki is that's when you basically do karaoke but it's a full live band right right yeah uh we were uh supplying a service to the people that if they want to get it, the experience of what it's like to play with a band instead of just a backing track it, what a normal karaoke would be this way you're able to uh interact with musicians and get a a, a real deep experience of, of what that is all about yeah and that, i love that because your whole attitude of just the way you describe it is about the person that's going to the bar to just make a shit show of themselves <laughs> like on karaoke and i love that that was the point the mm. point is that you get to just have fun and play rock band yeah. you know real life yeah. rock band uh -huh. and i always say this on the show i'm not i don't consider myself to be uh, a musician i consider myself to be a recording artist or a digital artist of some sort and so when you kind of opened the door for someone like me to get on stage, it was super incredible for me because mm. all I knew how to do was make drunken freestyles. And you're like, what should I play? If we're going to do hip hop, I'm like, just do sublime. <laughs> and you would play sublime songs and I would just, you know, make an ass of myself, but you were always super supportive of that. And I just really, really appreciate that because a lot of times when you don't know what genre you fall in, people are really kind of like, eh, I don't really know if I want to work with you. And there was even some drummers and some old timers, you know, because you guys are probably the next generation above me. You know, you're somewhere in between, but, and, and they were not having it. And you were like, no, no, just be patient. You do you, a hip hop artist will adapt to that. Uh -huh. And I just love that. That was nice. so incredible. So that, those guitar Yoki days were just a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, what inspires you when you write music or perform on stage? Are there any particular artists or genres that have influenced your work? Uh, you know, there's so many. Um, to, but to start uh, at the beginning, it would probably be the, the major influence was the Beatles, which was pretty much a given for anyone during my generation. Sure. Um, I think the greatest band of all time, absolutely the greatest pop band, if you want to narrow it down to that kind of yeah you know so you know you you just uh the message that they brought and uh just everything just was on a whole nother level it seemed like what they were creating was definitely magic and they didn't have many tools to uh cover up much right. back then what you heard is what was being done right and they um, uh, you know mistakenly kind of discovered uh sampling you know that on sergeant peppers that that has changed the face of music you know in every way and I know there's a debate on who started it, but there's a there's a lot of people that credit the Beatles for kind of accidentally sampling. But mm, I'm that, sure there's a lot of people that discover that at different places. But that, that would be the mastery of George Martin, their producer. He was quite the uh, yeah 
innovator when it came to really adding the the special sauce to the mixes. As far as live performance, because that's kind of where you haven't done a ton of recording, right? Mostly it's just kind of live performances. You've got a few albums and stuff with bands. Yeah, mostly live. Um, so as, as far as live performance, who were some influences there that when you were growing up, you know, that you would watch that you're like, I want to be that guy. I want to mm. be like that guy. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, that would have been Jimi Hendrix was the first guy I, I laid eyes on and went, holy cow, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, he was just so mesmerizing with w- what he did. And it was so different from what anyone else was doing at the time. Yeah. And it's a, it's like his guitar is just an extension of his soul. Oh, I mean, God. it's it's more than almost anybody ever. Sadly, uh, you know, I work as a barber on campus and I've, we've been listening to Jimi Hendrix radio on Spotify lately. And I asked the college kids, just curious. I'm like, do you guys, you guys know who this is? And they never do. <laughs> and huh. I mean, it's not never, but it's rare. And I think what it comes down to is that when I was coming up, that was the generation before, you know, Jimi Hendrix was, was 20 years before, 15 years before when I was born. So they're listening to the stuff that people my age now grew up listening to, like Nirvana, Green Day, shit like that. And that's classic rock or whatever you want to call it. And so it's just lost on that generation. It's really sad. Right, right. You know, so hopefully there's a revital revitalization of that classic rock era because uh, I think the kids are missing out if they're not paying attention to it. So, Well, that's kind of my job. It's where I come in is I'm the torch carrier of that generation still, and I'm not ready to pass it off yet. So I, I represent that right, whole right. That whole genre. I'm a huge fan of bar shows, and I've been to quite a few of your performances. Uh, lately, where's the venue that you've been rocking a lot of shows? I think you've been doing a lot of stuff in Junction City. Um, I have been doing Bugsy's. Yeah, I just recently joined a band called Higher Ground, and we play pretty much the in, in, inner uh, immediate uh, club scene around this area. And then uh, lots of casino stuff over the years, right? That's, those uh, are those are good gigs, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, they are. They they treat you like rock stars there. It's, yeah. Uh, so that's that's rad. I mean, I know that. So uh, how has your music evolved over the years? Uh, how how have you experimented with different styles or techniques? Mm. Well, I actively write all styles of music. Um, I listen to country from, uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, I'm having a, a brain fart. Lucas Nelson, which is Willie's son. I've been really getting into him lately on a country kick, uh, even though he's kind of rocked it up a bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm always seeking out new women artists and stuff, trying to keep up on on uh, supporting the women i think it's real important they have a lot to offer and it seems like most of the time they kind of get shunned sure um, today is national women's day by the way which i share a birthday with national women's day so okay. that's that's okay. something so shout out to the the ladies out there and shout out to the to the like you said women artists there's some pretty incredible singer songwriters that we used to do a lot of mixed genre shows primarily at the black forest and i i remember yeah. a few that we would rock with that was just awesome so yeah. i can't remember any names offhand but there's a lot of talented musicians in, in Oregon. I know Ishell is one that you work with a lot. Exactly. I've stuck with her and backed her action for a probably good 30 plus years. Yeah, there's a lot of... That's why I wanted to have you on because I think that there's just so much history in Eugene that is kind of getting lost. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to talk... You know, I, I kind of made it a, a interlude towards I'm a 90s kid. Let's talk about the 80s in Eugene. Mm-hmm. I mean, so first of all, are you uh-huh. from Oregon originally? I am not. I okay. was born in Westwood, uh, California. Okay. Uh, at UCLA uh, University Hospital. Right. 
And so what's uh, your Oregon story? How did you get to Oregon? So um, I was born in LA, but then we quickly moved. I think by the time I was three, I was already up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, um, soaking up all the hippie vibes that were being offered uh, in the mid 60s uh, and then up to the early 70s. And by the time 1974 came, um, my other dad, John Varley, science fiction writer, was starting to get some... Uh, uh, notoriety in his uh, uh, writings. And uh, we got to go up to the World's Fair on some of the money that he uh, accumulated from his first book. So as we drove up to uh, Vancouver, Washington, or excuse me, Yakima, Yakima is where the World's Fair was. Right. Um, we drove through Eugene to stop. Uh, um, there to stay with some old uh, San Francisco friends that had moved to Eugene. And so when we stopped there, um, I instantly fell in love with Eugene. Yeah. What what year was this? Do you know? 1974. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 And I so, can't even imagine Eugene in 74. It had to have been a, a just a free-loving... <laughs> pretty wild place if you remember it you weren't there right right that's the that's part of the deal um you know it was always and it still is you know basically built around being a college town but back then uh there was a certain spirit um especially with the kids uh to where there was uh keggers every weekend and yeah. we just took over as as the kids seen there was just hundreds of kids at these houses and uh yeah. It was just a really cool vibe. It's hard to explain unless you were there. I've but, been told uh, that the 90s were the tail end, that there was a little bit of, you could still feel it, and then it died by 2000s. But like, you know, the, I know it wasn't to the same like, extreme, but there was still a lot of live music, and there was kind of this, I was seeing kind of a genre bending of... uh of the hippie movement and then pop punk was kind of getting popular and like the punk rock, you know, stuff was going on. But... I mean, Eugene, the one thing is, is that the downtown campus area, if you heard live music, it was a, you were welcome to go in, <laughs> you know, and that's the, that was the vibe that I think that you don't see today where it's, so it's, we're all just kind of in our corners now. Yeah. It used to be, everybody was welcome, including all ages. You would go to shows, which I look back at it and I'm like, some of those old guys that were letting a 14 year old in there to drink, I don't know what I think about it. But the reality is at the time it was just, it was kind of under control that there, there would be guys that were there that were older. They're like, Hey, look at that young girl. You should go doctor or whatever, you know, but it was, it was overall pretty fluid and it worked kind of like a, like a, a festival would, you mm -hmm. know, and obviously a bar is going to be all, all older, but uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting how that's all, how that played out back then. I think we might've lost our camera for a second here. So, uh, you know, what's the next question? Oh, we were going to actually, uh, we're going to actually hear you play a little bit of guitar. I, I thought it would be kind of fun for us to hear some licks. So maybe you'd play a little tidbit. We're not going to play like a full on track, but we're going to do uh, just little parts of a song. One song that you wrote that we sampled and that's how we kind of crossed paths. Uncle Nancy uh, sampled one of your albums and then we, we used, I showed you and you're like, that's a, that's pretty cool. Got a kick out of it. We started talking that way. Uh, and so we were going to play that one first. And then we're going to play a little tidbit of a song that, that you and I did together. So Okay, let's do it. Let's so do this is it. Roger McConnell on the axe. So the, the song that uh, you're re referring to is called Wind Blow. And um, it goes something like this.
Yeah, so that one, we ended up sampling that. I want to, Robert uh, McDonald is leaving a comment. Uh, he said, I forgot that Patrick and Roger had a song together. We have quite a few, actually. Uh, our Christmas album, Roger, uh, that's probably my favorite, actually. It's kind of sad that a Christmas EP might be my best uh, work. Uh, but uh, if you go on, on Spotify under Patty Rose, you can listen to that. Plus, I have one of your songs that's basically just you. I just kind of did a couple... A quick little hook. We've got maybe eight or nine songs that are together, maybe even more. Uh, you know, there's some subtle stuff, and then there's a lot. I in one of my projects, you did a lot of lead. Uh, you did a lot of solos and stuff, and that mm. was pretty fun. So uh, let's go ahead and play the other track, and then and then uh, or the other little tidbit. So again, here's Roger McConnell on the guitar. All right, this was called "Drive to L.A." <laughs> So, uh, you do a lot of covers. What do you think? Uh, let's hear one. Let's, uh, what's your favorite cover to play to kind of get the crowd moving? Oh gosh. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Nirvana. Metallica. I know. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, a lot of bar shows, a lot of, you know, it's, it's funny because it seems like they're like in, in uh, Mohawk Tavern, for example, in Springfield, it seems like it's locked in with like the mega death, you know, that, that era. And it's pretty cool to see that still exist. Right. You know, I'm always curious to see, right. I'm always curious to see the next generation if they're going to be doing hip hop shows at 50 years old. Right. Uh, so <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about the pandemic a little bit. It, it we're, I hate that I have to bring it up still, but you know, every musician, everyone was impacted so greatly. Uh, talk about how that impacted your music career and the challenges of adapting to this new technology of and reality of live performance and audience, audience engagement. That's all about algorithms and all this different stuff that mm -hmm. you've seen technology advance from like eight, eight tracks, you know, and all that stuff to where we're at today. And so tell me about right. how much the pandemic kind of threw a wrench in everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's basically what happened. Um, it uh, wiped out my whole life, uh, long dream of being a musician because <laughs> for the time being when, uh, COVID hit, it wiped everything out as far as anything to do with, uh, gathering people. And that's pretty much, uh, yeah. What a, what a rough time, you know, and I, I covered it ad nauseum talking about all the different, you know, different areas of society that were just crumbling. And now we're still seeing the aftermath and I'm glad that we're starting to kind of come out the other end and that, you know, people have changed the way that they go about stuff. It's harder to get people to get, get out to shows because they're just constantly, like, is it good? Is it good? You know, they're entertained by their phones. Right, right. And so well, that's a huge challenge. You know, so what it did for me was uh, it was time, you know, since everything slowed down, shut down, slowed down, uh, 
it allowed me time to really kind of reflect uh, upon my whole approach to music and even my own uh, efforts. So I made a, another decision, conscious decision to uh, just uh, put more energy into my songwriting yeah. and getting it out there. Sure. Um, and it's been a struggle within itself, just trying to get uh, the stuff recorded and then um, uh, get it to CD is, is quite the, the, or the whatever. process. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, just getting it on digital places. And I'd love to help any way I can. The The dilemma of a independent artist, it's like, how much money do I want to invest when there's not money on the other end? You know, right. it's like you can make it all polished and sound great, but then the return, it's just really difficult. I mean, there's so much competition. Mm -hmm. The beauty of the new technology is that anybody has access to the tools. It does kind of flood the market a little bit. So there's a lot of kind of, you know, questionable stuff. So it's harder to kind of actually have your stuff rise to the top. That's why, you know, you've being so focused on live shows, that's how you pay the bills. That's how, you know, it's, it's these quick little gigs. And that's where COVID was so difficult. It's like gig workers, there were a lot of cash jobs that are kind of, some of the times you're falling under the tax radar. I mean, you're literally not making in some years enough to even be liable to have to pay taxes. So uh, it was hard to report all that stuff. And right. then they got kind of, you know, it was hard on us as barbers too. Uh, what advice would you would you give to aspiring musicians and performers who are just starting out in the industry? Um, you know, we seem to live in a, a time where whether it's YouTube or uh, the voice, the view, or um, not the view, the voice and all these uh, TV shows where fame seems to come instantly to some of these people. And um, I think part of the process of learning uh, your craft and, and and buying more time to be able to prepare yourself for for such uh, pressure is is way overlooked and not considered as much anymore. Um, so I think it's harder for the the artists to maintain themselves once they go from uh, being a nobody to somebody almost overnight. Um, it could be very warping the pressure alone on the artist. Uh, so my advice is to, uh, you know, don't just think in terms of music, but um, in business as well. And how would you handle, uh, you know, how would you handle the, uh, all that attention and all that pressure? Yeah. Uh, if you come out of the gate with some really hot stuff, then you're expected from there, that point on to always be yeah. um, producing that kind of material. Absolutely. And I think that a big thing is, is that you, I say it all the time, you should enjoy the process of making music more than the finished product. So the recordings and the, the high of releasing something shouldn't be the excitement. The, the excitement should be the creation of it. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like, uh, a lot of times I've felt it where I just want new content, content, content. You want to put out new stuff. Sometimes it's about just enjoying the process of recording it. I don't know if I've mm -hmm. had more fun in my life than the times that I've been, we call it in the studio, but it, it's a lot of times it's been in our living room or a bed, a room like this, but right. still, I mean, it is a studio in a, in a way. It's just a, it's just not soundproofed, <laughs> you know, but, but I don't know how many times I can't tell you how fun it is to get into a room with a bunch of people and just build something out of nothing, you know? And that's what I appreciate about working with you over the years. It's just been that, um, yeah. the process with you is I, I show up, I have no clue. I had no pre, um, preview of what, uh, what you were going to show me or what I was going to play. And so everything we do is a spot, uh, um, on the spot, um, improvise. Yeah. 
you play it and like five minutes later where we got the record button pushed and (laughs) i would say eight times out of ten it's i'm pretty satisfied it's pretty unique i don't even know people ask me what kind of music i do and i'm like i don't know i make this like pop punk hip-hop inspired uh mix of music and then i have a couple 60 year olds come and add some instruments to it it's it's kind of i don't think you're quite 60 but you know, it's it's just it, my friend Pat Miller. He definitely is over sixty. So I made a full album with two, you know, you guys, and that was ten years ago. So I was thirty. It was beautiful because the genre, you know, mix. I mean, you brought in that classic rock feel. I was doing some of the hip hop beats with like this you know, ang- angsty political whatever lyrics, uh, and and yeah, it was pretty neat to see what we were able to create. I'm gonna play a song. Uh, to showcase that and i chose it because it has a solo of yours that's awesome and it's kind of like almost top gun ish uh, and so i really enjoyed it uh uh so i want to thank you for coming on and this has been really cool uh roger mcconnell and i want to remind everybody i'm going to pull this up put this up on the screen if you'd like to donate to roger's daughter's gofundme uh you know gofundme dot uh gofundme.com Slash Irie, I think it's Irie Dash McConnell. So if that doesn't come up with just Irie McConnell, go to Irie Dash McConnell. I R I E Dash M C C O C or M C C O N N E L L. It's on the screen. The links will be in the show notes. So yeah, thank you so much, Roger. It's really it's really a treat to chat with you. Right on, Patrick. And uh, go ahead. Uh, one more uh, tidbit: If uh, any of you musicians out there want to come down and uh, join us on stage at the Twisted River every Sunday night, we got a jam that we host called the East Side Jam. Nice. Six to ten. We encourage everybody to come down. All music is welcome. Nice. Everybody, as long as you got a belly button. Wait, you have to have a belly button though. Okay. What about if you don't? Oh well. I think that that's fine if you don't. Uh, so okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and get the, get out of here. I don't normally play songs on the video stream. We're gonna try it. Hopefully, YouTube doesn't flag it, uh, and so we'll see. Uh, it's my music, so it shouldn't, but we'll see. Uh, again, thank you so much, Roger McConnell. You're a stud. I appreciate being your friend. Mm. Uh, let's see. We were gonna do which one? We were gonna play. Hey, I want to thank you for, while I'm getting this set up, I want to thank you for listening to the Spent the Rent podcast. Here's a a shout out. Thank you for supporting the Spent the Rent podcast. If you would like to donate to the show, go to the podcast official website to find out how. So this is me, Patty Rose, featuring Roger McConnell on guitar. The song is called Our Enemy Is Us. Happy birthday, brother. If there's anyone out there who thinks we're confused about who our enemies are... Our enemy is us, the society is busted Gone are the days when a friend can be trusted Allies are few, far and in between But in our face, not behind the scenes Media is bidding our souls cry Feeding us greed as the polls lie Don't think I'm prepared for this I've constantly been scared of this Divisiveness, the righteousness of prideful bliss I write to this, I cry to this Try to forgive, try to find reasons to live Our enemy is us, the society is wounded Misinformation, celebrated spoon fat nonsense Conscience attacks are good people. Our enemy is us and it starts from the top. Revolution comes from the bottom up. Love your neighbors without borders. Don't just blindly follow orders. Speak and against 
I remember when we made that that blew my mind you i literally went to the bathroom came back you're like how about this and i'm like are you serious we're done that's incredible he it took you like two minutes to write that right yeah. just going with the, the the feeling that you you laid down so it's yeah it was a lot of fun all right roger mcconnell thank you so much we're gonna get out of here